The Chicago Blackhawks march up to Toronto and defeat the Maple Leafs 4-1. I'll go over the impressive showing from the kids, as well as why fans should be a bit wary of this start out of the gate. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on in to another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman, too, or you could go follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And as always, please make sure to go and show some support if you haven't done so already. Go and smash that like button down below. Comment as to your biggest takeaway from the Blackhawks 4-1 to win over the Leafs on Monday night. And also subscribe to the YouTube channel if you aren't already. Please go and help the boy out. And also go and turn on those push notifications and that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by the Sleeper app, the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports. Right now, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps with SLEEPER. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. First things first, obviously, as you could all tell, I'm back here in Chicago For those who are unaware, I was out in Las Vegas for five days, I believe it was, covering a PGA Tour event, which was a really tremendous opportunity for me and uh, really nice to get out of the cold here in the Chicagoland area as the temperature starting to get into that fall sweater weather, as we like to call it. Nice to go out to Las Vegas and get away from that for a few days back into the 80s, get some sun, get a little bit of a tan before things start to uh, obviously continue to dip down here as we close in on the winter. But I do apologize for uh, only getting one episode out while I was out there in Las Vegas. I was just quite honestly at the golf course for like 10 to 12 hours each and every day, uh, making sure to work on content based on that opportunity. And also, I, I just didn't really have a good spot to record episodes based on where I was staying out in Las Vegas. A lot of echoey rooms, as you know, the listeners of Friday's episode could probably tell. But feels good to be back here in Chicago. Feels back to be in my home recording in the studio. And uh, feels good to be seeing the Chicago Blackhawks winning meaningful hockey games once again. Doesn't it, Blackhawks fans? Of course, the Hawks picked up a nice 4-1 to win over the Toronto Maple Leafs on Monday as they continue through their gauntlet of a five-game road trip to kick off the 2023-2024 campaign that obviously begun in Pittsburgh, where the Blackhawks upset the Penguins and Sidney Crosby and Connor Bedard's highly anticipated NHL debut. They followed that up with a back-to-back, a really impressive performance against the Boston Bruins, although they did end up coming up short. Not really all that surprising, though, but they fought neck-and-neck with the Bruins throughout the entirety of that one. Probably their most disappointing outing of the campaign was uh, on Saturday against the Montreal Canadiens, where they fell behind 3 to nothing early on. Rallied for two goals, both by Tyler Johnson late, but still ended up coming short in that one too. But they were able to shed that little mini two-game losing streak with their best performance of the campaign. And quite honestly, 
the best performance it feels like I've seen from the Chicago Blackhawks, especially on the road in quite a long time. And it's just even more fun when you actually care about the result of the game and care about how this team is doing. And there's just been few and far between of those times throughout the last couple seasons, especially last year where it was like, everyone was kind of wanting the Blackhawks to lose these close games. And there weren't really all that many times where you were cheering for them to hold on to a late leader. We're nervous about whether or not they were going to be able to hang on. And it just feels good to have all of those emotions back again, doesn't it? Especially just the passion and wanting to see this team do good. Feels like that hasn't been the case for far too long. Uh, But yeah, the Blackhawks go into Toronto, go into Scotiabank Arena and stick it to the Maple Leafs and a team that had shown some obviously good offensive flashes in their first couple of games to open up their season. Austin Matthews in particular already with uh, six goals, two hat tricks and the Blackhawks hold them to one goal in their own building. And yeah, it was just from start to finish, one of the best performances I've seen this Blackhawks team put together in quite a long time. And they set the tone right out of the gate. And that's always super important when you go on to uh, when you're going on the road and going into, although Toronto is uh, kind of getting some fire right now based on their crowd, uh, not being all that lively. You don't want to get those fans into it early. You don't want to fall behind in the opening minutes and be playing catch up. And I thought the Blackhawks did a really good job of setting that tone right out of the gate in the first period. They didn't take the lead, but They held the Maple Leafs off of the scoreboard as well. It was nothing, nothing after the opening 20 minutes. And they held Toronto to only six shots on goal. I thought the Leafs were the team that was a little bit crisper. Their passing was better. They were more creative. Uh, Their playmaking was more standout-ish, if you will. But that's kind of to be expected, right? When you look at these teams on paper, the Maple Leafs obviously have more skill in their lineup, but the Blackhawks were the ones who were winning the loose puck battles, the one-on-one races, and... They were just showing their effort and their tenacity right out of the gate. And that's what you needed to do to set the president early and often against this Maple Leafs bunch. And that's kind of what translated, I think, to the success that they found in their second period, which was their best of this game. And one of the best periods I've seen from them in a long time as well. They took the one nothing lead early with a goal from Mackenzie Entwistle. He drew into the lineup for the first time this season, which I'll talk a little bit more about in segment two, but nice to see him cash in, obviously, to give the Blackhawks an early lead. The Leafs did bounce back with a goal from John Taveras set up by William Nylander, who was their best player on the ice all night long, I thought. But the Blackhawks bounced right back and showed their resiliency, took a 2-1 lead. Alex Vlasic, a beautiful stretch pass to set up Corey Perry on a breakaway. He winds up with the game-winning goal. And then the power play finally comes through in a really big situation to add an insurance goal for the Hawks. The second unit was the one to actually cash in for their first PPG of the season. Prior to this power play goal, the Hawks were 0 for 18 to open up the campaign. Tyler Johnson is the one that breaks that drought. Andreas Athanasiu again with a great play to pick up the primary assist, some nifty puck handling to enter the offensive zone. Then he finds Tyler Johnson streaking to the net for a little mini breakaway, and he beats whole low glove side. That was the score going into the third period, three to one Blackhawks. And you kind of had that feeling that the Maple Leafs, knowing how talented they are offensively, they were probably going to come with a good surge in the third period. And that was the case, but still, I thought the Blackhawks didn't give them too many chances. Sure. There were probably two or three shifts where the Maple Leafs were dominant in the offensive zone and felt like the Blackhawks were holding on for dear life. But other than that, 
They also killed off all four power play opportunities for the Maple Leafs. I thought the defense really did their job all night long. And when they allowed shots to get through, Arvid Soderbloom was on top of his game once again and just continuing all, all preseason. He looked really well, he was getting the job done. I talked a little bit about how I, I thought his positioning and just his overall consistency and his angling and that needed a little bit of work. He was getting the job done, but I just thought he was a bit scrambly at times in the preseason. That wasn't the case on Monday in Toronto. He was sturdy all night long and gosh, did he make some big saves in that third period, a really good pad save late in the game. Uh, He was big time and just, yeah, a really good start to his first full-time NHL season. Got to give a lot of credit to Arvid Soderbloom for hanging on to this one. Kind of a wacky finish as well because it looked like Taylor Hall hit the empty netter to seal the deal, give the Blackhawks the 4-1 to win, but Toronto actually challenged for offsides. The goal ended up getting overturned, and then with six seconds left, William Nylander looked like he scored a goal to cut the deficit to one. Probably wouldn't matter with only six seconds left, though, but then that ends up getting reviewed and overturned. Time gets put back on the clock, and then Taylor Radish goes on to score the empty netter. He takes advantage of just this weird set of circumstances to score his first goal of the season. That one did end up counting and sealed the deal for the Chicago Blackhawks, picking up their second win of the season. Another impressive one going into Toronto and beating a very solid Maple Leafs bunch and holding them to only one goal, a 4-1 to win for the Blackhawks moves them to 2-2-0 in the early going this season. As well as my three stars of the night, got to be sure to mention Arvid Soderbloom was the difference in this one because without him, um, I don't know. The Blackhawks, I mean, I think they played a good defensive game, but he still stopped 34 of the 35 shots that he faced and a lot of big-time ones in the third period. Uh, 11 of 12 high-danger saves he made as well and had three goals saved above expected. So a round of applause for Arvid Soderbloom. He stopped 62 of the 65 shots that he's faced here so far. And who are those games against? Oh, yeah, the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs, two teams you figure to be spearheading the top of the standings in the Eastern Conference. Arvid Soderbloom has shut them down. He only gave up two goals against the Bruins, held the Maple Leafs to one on Monday night. He has been incredible, well-deserving of the number one star in this game, and ended up uh, getting the Blackhawks chain as well, passed on from Peter Morazic for player of the game. Number two star for me, though, has to be Alex Vlasic, who I thought had his best game as an NHL defenseman in this one. Uh, Had a primary assist, a beautiful stretch pass, to set up Corey Perry for a breakaway on the uh, game-winning goal. Also added three shots on that himself, six block shots to lead the Blackhawks, added in three hits, was also a plus two, and on the ice for the Blackhawks, first three goals before hitting the empty netter. He drew a penalty and had 22 minutes and 16 seconds of time on ice, which was second among all Blackhawks skaters, only trailing Seth Jones. And he just continues to make the most of this opportunity on that top defensive pairing. And kind of funny because Wyatt Kaiser looked like he was going to be the one to open up the season in that spot with Seth Jones. He was the one that looked outstanding in training camp and in the preseason and looked kind of ready to have a breakthrough season. And it's really been Alex Vlasic who I've thought has shined the most out of these three young defensemen so far. A really sturdy defensive game in this one against the Maple Leafs. Always seems to be in the right spots gets the puck out of harm's way, and then has that just super long reach and that long stick to break up passes and shot attempts. Super stoked to see Alex Vlasic and how he continues to build on this opportunity playing with Seth Jones. 
And then my third star of the game, Andreas Athanasiu. I thought he was spectacular. And interestingly enough, he was uh, skating as a center for the first time this season on the Blackhawks' fourth line with Boris Kachuk and Mackenzie Entwistle, who I mentioned drew into the Blackhawks lineup for the first time this season as well. And just when you saw those line combinations, it was like, that doesn't really feel like a position where Andreas Athanasiu is going to succeed, but that couldn't have been further from the truth. He had two primary assists, uh, although, you know, the first one or the second one was on the power play, excuse me, but only had 11 minutes and 45 seconds of time on ice, but made the most of that. Had two primary assists, three shots on goal. I'm really curious how as to Luke Richardson is going to handle him here because he's kind of bounced up and down the lineup but has won one of the Blackhawks better forwards that I've thought. So good to see Andreas Athens see you, whether it be center or the wing, he's getting the job done right now. And hopefully uh, that can carry on here as the Blackhawks really could use some offense from, from other spots when the second line, as I'll talk about a little bit more here in a second, hasn't been uh, creating all that much together. All right, folks, those are my main three stars from the Blackhawks 4-1 to win over the Maple Leafs. Coming up in just a moment here, I'll get into some of my other takeaways as well as some interesting stats on Lucas Reichel and Connor Bedard. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. Will the Vegas Knights reign supreme once again? I love the NHL, and I know all of you do as well, and that's why I'm here to tell you all about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially fantasy hockey. And with Sleeper, you have the chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy sports. And the NHL has literally never been more exciting with superstars like Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Connor Bedard, the list goes on and on and on. And all you need to do with Sleeper is simply select more or less based on the stats provided, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And Sleeper offers you 100x payouts. So start paying attention, make the right picks, and you could win big right now. And I think, you know, with the Blackhawks, you got to just keep riding with Connor Bedard. And I'll give you some more interesting stats on why we should feel that way here in just a moment. Sleeper is live in 28 plus states. And right now, you can also use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and go and see Sleeper's terms of use for more details. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, please make sure to go and smash that like button, comment down below, and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Help drive the YouTube algorithm in my direction. I would greatly appreciate it. And also, be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. I'm having some really cool Blackhawks-related content and clips right here live from the show shared there. So please be sure to go and help grow that page as well. That's Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. All right, segment two, getting into some of the other takeaways that I had from last night's game. Really nice to see the special teams be kind of, I would say Arvid Soderblom was the biggest difference maker in this one, of course, but the special teams I thought was number two for the Blackhawks. Not only did they come through, the power play finally come through for a huge insurance goal, which I know didn't wind up making a difference late in the game, but it it, it 
made an impact based on the feeling and the confidence level that you have when you have a two goal lead, as opposed to a one goal lead, especially against a really good Maple Leafs offense. So for the power play to come through in that second period to give the Blackhawks a two goal advantage was absolutely massive. And those are the kind of things you need to do to go into tough places and win on the road. And if the Blackhawks can get their power play going, that's going to help them throughout this gauntlet of a schedule that they have here in the early going. And then the penalty kill continues to do its thing. A four for four showing last night against the Maple Leafs. Uh, obviously, that's a man advantage that Toronto has with a lot of good players and a lot of playmaking ability out there. And the Blackhawks and Arvid Soderbloom shut them down. The penalty kill has been an issue for this team for far too long. All of the special teams, quite honestly, has. So they can continue to make little incremental, you know, strides in these areas uh, that's also going to help them remain competitive in games throughout the course of the season. I also got to give a shout out to Tyler Johnson. I mentioned that he scored the, uh, the, the first power play goal of the season for the Blackhawks. They were, they were 0 for 18 prior to that. He's got now a team leading three goals through the first four games of the campaign. Both of them have come in the last two games, but Tyler Johnson, I, I've thought has done a good job I didn't think he was going to be a top six guy to open up the season here, but he kind of has gotten that chance with Philip Kershev being out of the lineup and we'll see when Kershev ends up coming back. But I'm curious as to whether or not, you know, Taylor Radish is going to get bumped down a spot or are they going to put Kershev back on that second line with Reichel? How is that dynamic going to work once Philip Kershev and his wrist is uh, better and he's able to draw back into the lineup and it makes things more interesting when you have a player like Mackenzie Entwistle who comes in and plays for the first time this season and makes the most of his eight minutes and eight seconds of time on ice he scores his first goal of the season he scored a couple in the preseason he scored in the Blackhawks scrimmage and you know out of all the guys fighting for roster spots I thought Mackenzie Entwistle was the most impressive throughout the early you know training camp scrimmages preseason all that stuff and I was a little bit surprised that Boris Kachuk was the one that was getting the opportunity to play in those first three games over Mackenzie Entwistle. And I wondered if it was because they wanted Entwistle to be playing down the middle and they're okay with Kachuk playing wing, but don't want Entwistle there. No, they had Andreas Athanasiu playing center with Kachuk and Entwistle being the wings alongside him. And Entwistle, I thought, was better than Boris Kachuk. I thought he was better than Boris Kachuk in the preseason. And this isn't a knock on Kachuk. He made the most of his opportunity as well and proved that he deserved to make the opening night roster. Um, but how is this all going to work for the Blackhawks? And again, you are very rarely fully healthy in the NHL, but Philip Kershev looks like he could be coming back here, you know, when the Blackhawks return home possibly to have their opener on Saturday against the Golden Knights. How is this lineup going to work? Colin Blackwell's another guy. We don't know how far away he is, but what's going to happen there? Because Reese Johnson is the one who, yeah, you can send him to Rockford and he won't feel bad about it, but Cole Gutman drew out of the lineup on Monday night's game against Toronto. You probably don't want to be scratching him regularly. Mackenzie Entwistle looks like he could be a regular. Boris Kachuk has shown some flashes as well. You know, you probably don't feel bad about scratching Colin Blackwell, but still it feels like the Blackhawks almost have one or two too many forwards for their own good. And this was kind of something that I outlined when they signed uh, Corey Perry and traded for Nick Foligno in the offseason. Like you have some young guys in Mackenzie Antwistle and Boris Kachuk who could potentially be fourth liners of the future. Do you really want to be scratching them regularly over 
you know, for to have Nick Felino and Corey Perry in the lineup. And don't get me wrong, those two guys, those veterans, their impact has absolutely been felt. And it was a great move by Kyle Davidson to bring both of them in. I'm not saying that whatsoever, but it does make for some questions as to how this lineup is going to work when everyone is healthy, which again, I know doesn't happen all that often in this sport, but just something to keep an eye on how Luke Richardson is going to handle his lineup and also how Kyle Davidson is going to handle the NHL roster uh, once Philip Kurashev comes back and Colin Blackwell also. Um, but Corey Perry and that veteran line, they were really good, I thought, on Monday against the Maple Leafs. Corey Perry, I mentioned, cashed in for the game-winning goal. That now gives him four points in his first four games with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's been pretty spectacular, and it just continues to make me laugh how we've just, us Blackhawks fans, have hated Corey Perry for such a long time. And now it's like, Corey Perry, go and do your thing. He's mixing it up with Revo. We're like, oh, go get him. Uh, Brad Marchand in that game against the Bruins is picking on Connor Bedard a little bit. And we're like, go throw Corey Perry on him. He's got four points in four games. We suddenly love him. He's pointing at the crowd when scoring his game-winning goal. Uh, although we we kind of uh, found out, at least according to Perry, he was actually trying to point at Shane O'Brien and uh, Scotty Upshaw, two guys that he's played with in his NHL career, both of which are now retired. Said he spotted them in the crowd earlier and was given, given them a little bit of a point. But I'd like to think he's like pointing out some Maple Leafs fans that were chirping at him or someone wearing a Revo jersey or something in the crowd. But Corey Perry and that entire veteran line continues to be excellent for the Blackhawks here to start the season. Also, congratulations to Mr. Kevin Korchinski for picking up his first career NHL point with a secondary assist on Tyler Johnson's power play goal. And Korchinski continues to be playing, you know, 18, 19, 20 minutes every night. The Blackhawks are giving him his, you know, chances to prove that he should be making this opening or not the opening night roster, but continue to stick around past just this eight to nine game stint that he could potentially be getting. And I'll tell you what, based on what the Blackhawks have on their decor, I think Kevin Korchinski is here to stay. The one argument you could make is that Isaac Phillips could come up to the NHL and he deserves it. Honestly, you got to get rid of one of, Zeitz ever Tenorti, man. There's just no excuses. Jared Tenorti deserve his contract for what he brought to the table last year, but there's no way you should be having both Jared Tenorti and Nikita Zaitsev. And I know the Blackhawks got some good things for taking on Nikita Zaitsev's deal, a second and a fourth. It was a deal you couldn't say no to, but you could have bought him out this offseason. You didn't need to have him on the roster. I think Kevin Korchinski is here to stay at this point. And I know my opinion has kind of gone back back and forth on this. I, for a long time, said I probably think he should go back to junior, and I still do feel that way. I do still feel like there are some things defensively that he can work on there, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But with how he's played this, this season and looking at the outline that the Blackhawks have defensively, I think Kevin Korchinski is here to stay. His skating is just unbelievable and uh, just a different different skill set and a different makeup than what the Blackhawks have on their back end for the most part. So congrats to Kevin Korchinski for picking up his first NHL point. Hopefully that first NHL goal is coming here soon as well. Uh, and in my opinion, I think he's here to stay. The interesting stat that I wanted to talk to you all about that um, involves Connor Bedard and Lucas Reichel through their first through their first four NHL games this season, through Bedard, his first four NHL games, of course. Um, Jay Fresh Hockey is, is someone who... I bring up a ton on the show. I believe that's a, a X page. I can't believe it's not called Twitter anymore. It's so dumb. Go follow Jay Fresh on X. Absolutely unbelievable analytics. I actually pay for his Patreon to get some deeper stuff. And I'm not the biggest analytics guy. I, I don't think it's the end all be all like some people do, but 
especially with defensemen, it gives you a little bit of a better insight on what they're doing when they're out there on the ice. I don't think it paints the whole picture, but can help you draw a conclusion on a certain player. Jay Fresh posted uh, the lowest goals above expected so far in the NHL this season. Lucas Reichel had the lowest goals above expected and Connor Bedard had the third lowest. And for those of you who don't understand what that statistic means, having the lowest goals above expected means you don't have the goals to show for it, but you're getting good opportunities. And for Lucas Reichel to be first and for Connor Bedard to be third, that should tell you that they're getting their chances early on for the Blackhawks. They're just not getting the finished product. They've been getting scoring opportunities. They just haven't put them in the back of the net yet. And I think we all, if you've watched the first four Blackhawks games, you feel like Connor Bedard could have easily two or three goals so far this season. And he's still stuck on one. He's been getting his looks. He just hasn't had that finishing touch yet, which is kind of odd for a player with his shot. I know he's still getting acclimated to the NHL level, but you got to feel like good things are coming here soon for both of these guys. And I think Connor Bedard, it's a little more obvious that good things are coming for Lucas Reichel. There's been some flashes, but he really doesn't have anything to show for it thus far, but he does continue to, you know, show his good playmaking and combine it with good skating. I do wonder if, and I don't know how much of a leash she has at the center position. The Blackhawks have struggled there as a team so far in the early going. Do you move Lucas Reichel the wing? How long do you give him at center? And I know the Blackhawks want to give him those opportunities, but if he continues to not get the finished product there, and that's kind of what it felt like in his first couple of NHL stints before he moved to the wing in the last one, how long do you give him at center if he's not getting the finished product is, is something I'm curious at. And again, if he isn't a long-term center, that's not the end of the world for the Blackhawks. They have Frankie Nazar coming up these next couple of seasons. Oliver Moore as well. Cole Gutman is still trying to burst onto the scene. The Blackhawks have center depth. It's not worst case Ontario if Lucas Reichel doesn't wind up playing the center position. But I am curious to see how that dynamic is going to work as well as the rest of the forward group. A lot of unanswered questions for the Blackhawks with their 12 forward spots as we are just four games here into the NHL campaign. All right, folks, there are some other takeaways from the Blackhawks' impressive win over Toronto. Coming up in just a moment, I will speak as to why I feel like we should all be a little bit wary regarding this team's success early on in the season. But first, I need to talk to you all about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and to level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. Plus, with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you'll get your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and to bring home that win. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Segment three, one thing I did want to talk about on today's show, and I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here, but I do want to kind of provide a little bit of caution 
um, about getting too high on this Blackhawks team right here, right now, because I've seen people saying, you know, and it's not everyone again, but I've seen some people saying, when are the Blackhawks going to trade for uh, a top line winger to play alongside Connor Bedard? Some people saying the kids are ready to win right here, right now, saying Arvid Soderblom's already the goaltender of the future. And we got to realize it's still a very small sample size and we're still very early um, in the regular season. And let me just say the kids are great. I, I think the kids have been spectacular. All the young prospects have really shown some special things. They've shown some promise and that's the name of the game this year. That's what we wanted to see from the Blackhawks. That's really priority. Number one, we didn't expect them to be competing. We just wanted to see some momentum building in terms of uh, the rebuild moving in the right direction. It was kind of just a free little runway year. Um, but the fact that they go in and beat Pittsburgh on the road, the fact that they go into Toronto on the road, it does give you a little bit of feeling that with Luke Richardson having a year now to have kind of implemented the mindset and what he's wanted to do and just the competitive drive that the Blackhawks have shown under his leadership, it does certainly feel like the Blackhawks could be a lot more competitive than they've been for a long, long time. And that's certainly a good thing. But I do have some caution about how many games they could win, especially with this tough of a schedule in the early going. And not only is it just this five-game road trip to kick off the season for the Blackhawks, their schedule early on is absolutely dreadful. And I was talking to a buddy about this last night, but it's not easy for the Blackhawks basically the first month and a half of the season. I, I outlined their first four games on the road. They wrap up their road trip tomorrow with the game against the Avalanche. Then they have their home opener against the Vegas Golden Knights, only the defending Stanley Cup champions. Their second home game, the next game, is against the Boston Bruins. Then they go on the road once again to take on the Vegas Golden Knights. They do have a little bit of a um, an easier one thrown in there with a road game at Mullet Arena against the Arizona Coyotes. They return to Chicago for a back-to-back against the Florida Panthers, played in the Stanley Cup last year, and then the New Jersey Devils the very next night, one of the most promising young teams in the Eastern Conference. They hit the road once again against the Tampa Bay Lightning, next game on the road against the Florida Panthers, and then they return home for a game in Chicago again against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So for the first month, it is going to be absolutely brutal for the Blackhawks, and Do I think they can be competitive in a lot of these games? Yes. Do I think they're taking steps in the right direction? Yes. But the one thing that kind of concerns me, and this is what we saw early from the Blackhawks last year, if you all remember, that team started 4-2-0 out of the gate. I believe they were um, 6-4-2 in their first 12 games or something along those lines. And everyone was like, well, maybe this Blackhawks team isn't going to be as bad as we expected. Maybe they aren't going to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. And then they proceeded to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. And again, I do think the Blackhawks are going to be better than they were last season, but I do still think they're probably a bottom 10 team in this league because of how young their decor is. They do still need to rely on some young pieces to have offensive success and their goaltending. It's just been unbelievable to open up the season, but do we really expect the Blackhawks goaltending to be some of the best in the NHL throughout the course of this season? I don't believe so. And I love what I'm seeing from Arvid Soderbloom, but I think he's going to have hiccups as a first-time, full-time NHLer. And he hasn't shown that so far. And maybe it's just smooth sailing for him, and I'm completely wrong. Maybe Arvid Soderbloom is an unbelievable goaltender right from the get-go. But I just have my doubts about it. I don't have doubts about the Blackhawks' competitive drive and what they can do under Luke Richardson. 
I just have concerns as to whether or not they're going to get this level of goaltending right out of the gate that they've gotten right out of the gate throughout the course of the season. And that's what they've gotten through four games. Peter Mrazek, Arvid Soderbloom have both been spectacular, and that's kind of been the key to both of their wins and gotten them to this 2-2-0 start. So that's just kind of, kind of why I, I have a little bit of concern about expectations around this team. I just don't want people to get too ahead of themselves and then get disappointed if the Blackhawks are still losing games on the regular this season, because I do ultimately think that's what's going to be happening. And we kind of saw something similar last year, but there is a much different feel around it this season. I do think the Blackhawks are going to, going to be able to stay in games and keep fans entertained is the biggest thing compared to last season. But I, I think I, I just want to make sure that fans enjoy the game by game basis and don't get caught up in the long term with this team this season because this isn't the season for it. It's it's simply not. This wasn't the goal for the Blackhawks was to be competitive, go and make the Stanley Cup playoffs. I just want people to have realistic expectations and to enjoy the ride because right here, right now, it's enjoyable. Just enjoy the Blackhawks playing meaningful hockey that we haven't gotten in a couple of seasons and worry about the right here right now, because if we show the promise that I think we're going to throughout the course of the season, we all are going to recognize how uh, bright the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be for this team. And that's why I believe out of all the sports franchises in Chicago right now, even trying to be unbiased, I think the Blackhawks are, are the ones to really hang your hat on because their future is super bright. Um, but I, I do think, the Blackhawks are going to be competitive. I just worry about them getting elite goaltending. I don't think they're going to be one of the best teams in net throughout the course of the season. And that's kind of been a huge backstop to their early success. So we'll see how long that can last for. If they, if you get good goaltending in the NHL though, you can beat anyone. And that's what we've seen from the Blackhawks early on in the season. And Hey, it's been a lot of fun. I, I just want to make sure that nobody's getting too crazy high on the Blackhawks and enjoy watching these young guys develop. It's going to be a very fun season watching these young, hopeful pieces of the puzzle kind of showcase their stuff, get more comfortable in the NHL, establish chemistry, and just rack up games under their belt. That's going to help them uh, mold the future of this team as we continue to parse through this rebuild here in Chicago. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you be, you may be listening to your podcast and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube to get all the latest episodes as soon as they come out each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and find me on X at Jack Bushman too, or you can go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.